Sorry about that. Recently, I've been thinking about how most political issues are spectrum issues. They're, they're complex, and the possible line that policy would draw can range widely across a spectrum. I think, I think abortion is probably the easiest example. A fetus can be one day old from conception, then two days old, all the way up to birth. But abortion, by definition, has to try to draw a line as to where abortion is acceptable. And it's, it's much more complicated even than that. What do you do about cases of rape, incest? How do you handle the health of the mother? What about notification for minors, parental consent, waiting periods, counseling? Other examples would be the death penalty or gun control or, and I think very topical today, immigration. There is a wide spectrum of cases in all of these issues. But like everything else these days, I feel issues have become binary. They are us versus them. Every issue has become a litmus test. Do you belong to my tribe or are you the enemy? Are you pure or are you tainted? And so nuance goes out the window. We don't ask someone to explain their opinions on each of the six axes of the abortion debate. We don't ask them why they believe the line should be drawn at a certain point on each axis. We say, are you for or against abortion? Are you for or against immigration? I recently read Jonathan Haidt's The Righteous Mind, which is just a phenomenal book. And in it, he has a great point. He says, we are, quote, fundamentally religious creatures, end quote. But God is dead. And that means that the slot in our brain that requires God, that requires the absolute, is empty. But it needs to be filled. It's a vacuum, and vacuums need to be filled. That means that anything can become God. Any important topic can leap into this slot of the absolute. And when that happens, it becomes a sacred topic. It's no longer open to discussion. It's treated with the same fervor, the same religiosity that God used to be. So by definition, I feel the topics that we most urgently need to discuss rationally, they can't be discussed at all because of these ideological principles. And when they're discussed even a little, people start to pull out semantic stop signs, racist, sexist, social justice warrior. The idea of a semantic stop sign comes from an online community called Less Wrong. And the idea basically is once you say one of these words, thought stops. 
It just becomes emotion. And if you can't have rational thought, if, if you can't have dialogue and debate, the important topics, right, the important topics that are important exactly because they are complex, because they are under tension in our society, because they are urgent and they need to be addressed, well, they, they've become forbidden territory, taboo, right? So the important topics, by definition, we can't talk about. And without talking, without discussion, the conflict devolves into a pure struggle for power. People's opinions solidify. They become dogma. There's no resolution. There's no reconciliation. And the opposing tribes divide even further. The problems fester and they grow. And, you know, what's the result of this? What's the result of making every issue a binary us versus them purity test? Well, first of all, I don't think people even bother anymore trying to do the hard work of thinking through a complex issue. I mean, why bother? They just leap directly into emotion. They frame it as a good versus evil issue. And, you know, that leap to emotion feels so good. And more than that, I think, you know, I think emotion creates certainty. I know it does for me. When I get angry, I know I'm right. And therefore, they're wrong. And that makes it much harder for me to engage, to connect. And I think related to this, we assume others are at the opposite extreme of the spectrum because we've already decided this is a good versus evil war. And I mean, obviously I'm good and this person disagrees with me. So they must be evil, right? And when they protest that they're moderate or thoughtful, you know, we know that's just a lie. We know that just hides a desire to push society down a slippery slope into into either totalitarianism or nihilism. And finally, I think the result is ego investment. And this is what I call the bracket, the bracket method, bracket method, where you get someone to identify with an issue, and then you can just drag them around as though you hold a rope that, that runs to a ring in their nose. Are you a progressive? Well, progressives have to do X. Are you conservative? Well, conservatives have to believe why. And once the ego believes that, again, you can have them do anything. And the other members of the group, of the tribe, are always watching. So, so what's the antidote? Well, I think it's three things. First, remember that truth has to be the highest value. And that's really hard. Truth doesn't pay a salary. It doesn't get us published or make us popular. But the further we get from truth, the harder it is to go back, the harder it is to find our way. And when we're lost in the dark, it becomes much easier to lie or become corrupt. And that's, you know, that's the path downward. A second thing, you know, I forget where I read this, but the basic idea is you want to avoid the bracket method. You don't want to allow others to define you. You don't even want to define yourself by any imposed identity. 
not gender or race or religion, not even issues you think you know the answer to. Because, again, once something is part of your identity, you can't think rationally about it. The ego takes over. And the ego, you know, the, <laughs> the ego is touchy. It has a thin skin. It responds aggressively to any hint of a threat. So any issue that is part of your identity will, at the drop of a hat, trigger negative emotion, suspicion, anger, hatred, and negative emotions block empathy. They, they corrode the soul. Finally, and I know I sound naive, but I think you have to assume the best of people. You have to acknowledge honest disagreement can exist. People are not ignorant or stupid or evil. And if you assume they are, you'll never be open enough to learn that they're not. Now, I think one method that incorporates or requires all three of these antidotes, the pursuit of truth, minimizing the ego, and assuming the best of others, is something called steel manning. Now, straw manning is when you create the weakest possible form of your opponent's argument and easily destroy it. It's a disingenuous approach to debate. Steel manning is the opposite. You try to create the strongest possible form of your opponent's argument, and they have to agree that the steel man is accurate. And that's very, very scary, because talking is thinking. So steel manning means you're trying to mimic the brain of your opponent, which requires real empathy. And giving the benefit of the doubt to someone, we have an instinctual, negative, emotional reaction to, that's painful. Because, you know, you fear that their ideas will infect you. You're disgusted. And Haidt talks about this, but disgust is the right word. We instinctively react to the other with disgust. We want to expel it from our safe space. We want to burn it. We certainly don't want to empathize. But the less we can empathize, the less we see our opponent as human. Our certainty grows that we're absolutely correct. Our ego takes over. We become more tribal. And disgust builds. It's a vicious cycle. The shutters in our brains just come down and the hindbrain takes over. But steel manning, I think, is necessary because the alternative is catastrophic. First, if you have a belief that's wrong, and we all do, that belief has no corrective mechanism. So you'll continue to believe something that's not true, and you'll act on that belief. So your actions will be out of sync with the universe. They'll, they'll create friction with reality. You will suffer, your family will suffer, your community will suffer because of this bad action. Second, society will fragment into tribes, and each tribe will continue to fragment into sub-tribes and sub-sub-tribes as everyone becomes obsessed about purity and discovering heretics and destroying heretics. There will be no discussion no compromise. And without those things, tribes go to war. 
the basic cooperation that enables everything you see around you on a daily basis crumbles. Without cooperation, society falls apart. And I know I'm already over time, but I want to read a quote from Thucydides about what society looks like when this happens. Quote, Words had to change their ordinary meanings and to take those which were now given them. Reckless audacity came to be considered the courage of a loyal supporter. Prudent hesitation, specious cowardice. Moderation was held to be a cloak for unmanliness. Ability to see all sides of a question, incapacity to act on any. Frantic violence became the attribute of manliness. Cautious plotting, a justifiable means of self-defense. The advocate of extreme measures was always trustworthy. His opponent, a man to be suspected. Okay, that's it.